And welcome into another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. While almost 200 ag-related groups are urging Congress to act quickly to prevent a rail strike that could shut down service late next week after two unions already rejected a proposed deal. If the nation's trains stop running, the nation's ethanol biorefineries also stop running. The view from Renewable Fuels Association Chief Jeff Cooper. 70 to 80 percent of the ethanol we produce in the U.S. is shipped by rail. And this isn't just about jobs in the rail sector. It's about jobs across the entire economy. And, and certainly in the ethanol industry, we, we support 400,000 jobs. And 30% of, of what we produce in this country moves on rail at some point. Which is why RFA and nearly 200 ag-related groups are asking Congress to act by November 19th's deadline and as the White House reconsiders its earlier stance against forcing a deal on the unions. Well, I think that the tune is already changing, and, and the labor secretary just in the last day or two has said, look, if the railroads and unions can't reach a new deal to avert a strike, then Congress is going to have to step in. Uh, but I do think, you know, with the election out of the way, I think there's every reason to believe that Congress would act. A rail shutdown, meantime, would compound existing shipping problems like low water levels on the Mississippi. Limitations on barge traffic that is also affecting our industry's ability to move product uh, to the marketplace. And that's both ethanol and distiller's grains, our, our feed co-product. Uh, and then you look at the trucking industry and the, the challenges that, that they're facing with a, a labor shortage and just not nearly as many trucks on, on the highways as prior to the pandemic. A rail strike could stymie critical farm inputs such as ammonia shipments that could be embargoed as early as November 14th, the day Congress returns to session. Well, with diesel prices more than $1.50 per gallon higher than this time last year, the American Farm Bureau Federation is calling on the Biden administration to bring more domestic supply online. A ban on U.S. imports of petroleum from Russia, lower domestic production capacity, and seasonal demand are all contributing to higher costs. Russia provided 20% of the petroleum imported into the U.S. in 2021, but that was halted after Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Further, since 2019, domestic diesel production capacity has dropped by 180,000 barrels per day. Several plants closed during the coronavirus pandemic and are not yet back online. AFBF President Zippy Duval in a letter to President Joe Biden says, quote, High diesel prices are severely impacting our farmers and ranchers, causing increased costs to consumers and adding to food insecurity, end quote. National diesel prices are expected to average 4.86 per gallon through the end of the year, according to government projections, and 4.29 per gallon in 2023. Now, for the first time in the last month, the nation's average gas price increased, rising 6.2 cents from a week ago to 3.78 per gallon. The national average is down 11.5 cents from a month ago, but stands 37.8 cents per gallon higher than a year ago. National average price of diesel increased 3.4 cents in the last week and stands at 5.32 per gallon. National diesel supply remains tight, but supplies of diesel did see a slight rise last week. Gas Buddies Patrick DeHaan says, quote, Brief outages at a limited number of stations are possible, but with refineries continuing to churn out product and maintenance wrapping up, I'm optimistic the situation will improve, end quote. Oil saw a strong rally last week as inventories continued to decline and strategic petroleum reserve releases slowed down. Last week's report from the Energy Information Administration showed a notable drop in oil inventories of 3.1 million barrels, while the Strategic Petroleum Reserve saw a drop of 1.9 million barrels. 
the U.S. Poultry and Ag Association, National Chicken Council, National Turkey Federation, and United Ag Producers recently released an updated economic impact study. The study highlights the poultry industry's positive impact on jobs, wages, and federal and state revenue in the United States, a dynamic and integral part of the national economy. The U.S. poultry industry provides more than 2 million jobs, $125 billion in wages, $555 billion in economic activity, and $33 billion in government revenue. Specifically, the study found the chicken industry provided $417 billion in economic activity, while the turkey industry provides $99.5 billion and the egg industry provides $44.7 billion. John Starkey, president of the U.S. Poultry and Ag Association, says, quote, We are pleased to continue providing this valuable tool across the industry that shows the positive economic impact the poultry industry has on our nation and communities, end quote. The U.S. Poultry and Egg Association funded the Economic Impact Study. U.S. pork exports topped year-ago totals for the second consecutive month in September, according to the U.S. Meat Export Federation. September beef exports were below last year for the first time in 2022, but exports remain on a record pace through the first three quarters of the year. Pork exports reached 222,202 metric tons in September, up 1% from a year ago. Export value increased 9% to $664.8 million, the highest since June of 2021. Through September, pork exports were 13% below last year, 1.94 million metric tons, valued at $5.57 billion. September beef exports totaled 115,487 metric tons, valued at $890.3 million, down 7% from a year ago in both volume and value. For the first nine months of 2022, beef exports were still 4% above last year, 1.12 million metric tons. Export value reached $9.12 billion, up 20%, and already achieving the second highest total for any calendar year, trailing only the 2021 record of $10.58 billion. New data from USDA's Economic Research Service shows California farmers purchased the most federal crop insurance policies for specialty crops. California led the country in policies for specialty crops in 2020, followed by Florida, Washington, North Dakota, and Minnesota. Specialty crops are a commodity group which includes fresh or dried fruits, tree nuts, vegetables, pulse crops such as dry beans, peas, and lentils, and horticulture nursery crops. California's policies reflect the variety of specialty crops produced in the state, including almonds, grapes, oranges, walnuts, and raisins. Most of North Dakota's policies cover field crops like dry beans and dry peas. As we see, most of these states produce fruits and vegetables in California, Florida, and Washington, and specialty field crops in North Dakota and Minnesota. In 2020, specialty crops accounted for 25% of the value of U.S. crop production. Crop insurance policies can mitigate risks by providing payments if insured crops experience losses caused by naturally occurring events and market conditions. And lastly, here on American Ag Today, the Plant-Based Products Council Monday announced its first annual conference, the PBPC 2023 Annual Conference Circular Solutions. We'll explore the innovations, business models, and policies influencing the entire life cycle of bioproducts and the promotion of a more circular economy. Attendees will hear from and network with industry leaders, policymakers, brands, and experts through panels, keynotes, networking sessions, and more. Plant-Based Products Council Executive Director Jessica Bowman says, quote, We are thrilled to launch our annual conference convening leading experts and innovators to discuss their role in this emerging industry and what solutions, challenges, and opportunities lie ahead, end quote. The conference is planned for March 27th through the 29th of next year in Washington, D.C. Members of the organization include ADM, Cargill, and the National Corn Growers Association. 
This has been American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day.